faith-based experience on love. Bad. 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 Life-based experience on love. Welcome to the Pum Pum Chronicles. I am your host, Badass Jones, offering personal advice and life-based experience on love, sex, relationships, intimacy, with a little Jamaican flair. Welcome to the Pum Pum Chronicles. Greetings, 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 and welcome, Pum Pum Posse. Big up yourselves. This is the Pum Pum Chronicles podcast. I am your host, AJ Badass Jones. You can find me on my social media platforms on Instagram and Twitter at the Pum Pum Chronicles pod. You can also follow my personal page for a little bit of, you know, more spicy, spicy content. It's where my OnlyFans is and, you know, some other shit. Um, that, of course, is badass underscore Jones underscore. If you want to get in contact with me, you can do so in one of two ways. You could, well, three ways. You can either DM me. Um, you can send me an email, thepumpumchronicles at gmail.com. You can also hit the call in line, leave me a message, send me a voice note, send me a text. That number is 320-270-1086. And, of course, the podcast can be found on all platforms where podcasts are streamed, including but not limited to Spotify, Amazon, and iHeartRadio. So, of course, you know, every now and again, I like to do a girls get together to get some perspectives. Because I feel like sometimes the way that I think is a little bit like wild and out there. And sometimes I feel like I'm, you know, floating alone in the sea. But I realize that there are people who think that feel the same way that I do. And even if they don't, you know what I mean? It's always good to get different perspectives from the one that I have. So today I have joining me two very special ladies. I have uh, Michelle Smith. It's Michelle Smith. A lot of his mercy. Michelle <laughs> Yes, baby. <laughs> Michelle Francis Smith, <laughs> who is a perinatal pleasure coach, doula, and uh, a coach for postpartum uh, sexual exploration and intimacy coach. I know that there's other things that you do, and I'm sorry that I'm butchering your title, um, but I'm going to let everyone know who you are and what you do. And then, of course, you know, we, we do have um, persons who come on the podcast who would like to remain, remain anonymous, but still give their input and feedback. And today we have with us as well, my good friend, Cookie. So, Michelle, if you can start off by introducing yourself and letting people know who you are, what you do, and where they can get in contact with you. Absolutely. So, yes, I am Michelle Francis Smith. I am the perinatal pleasure coach. I have been a registered massage therapist for 21 years, a professor, an author, a doula. Um, my focus is working with intimacy for individuals and couples, but I love to find myself in the perinatal atmosphere. So conception, during conception, during birth and postpartum, and helping women reconnect with their pleasure and express themselves fully. So that's a little bit. You can find me on Instagram at the Perinatal Pleasure Coach. You can also search me, Michelle Francis Smith. You will find me same way. I feel like I fully butchered your title. Like, <laughs> I listened Girl, to all the things good. that you say that you actually do and what I said, and oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> You're fine. You're fine. You were running that like off the top of the dome. That's pretty impressive because I'm a woman who does a lot of things. So I get it. I get it. Hey, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. And Miss Anonymity, Miss Cookie, you can just say hello to folks. You don't necessarily have to give out your personal information. Yeah. Hi, everyone. <laughs> cookie sweet like what? Yeah, cookie sweet like cookie. <laughs> sweet like cookie. That's her, that's her address. Find me Woo. at cookie.com. Yes. yes. Cookie, cookie, yes, cookie. Just a handle for you. Cookie.com. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Where does sweetness get sweeter? All right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. so we're going to jump into a series of questions. Um, again, this is a safe space. You can answer as you see fit. There is no right answer. There's no wrong answer. It is just the way that you feel. And however you feel is how you feel. You know, and, and we also recognize it as adults. We're sometimes not going to agree with the person's opinion, but respectfully, there's always the space to agree to disagree. And if nothing else, you've learned something new, right? Yes. So, um, start you're off looking with... to validate your brain, right? Okay. So, Cookie, since you're the the, the, the one to speak up first on that, we're going to talk about. I'm going to throw a question at you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, do you prefer rough sex or making love? It depends. I'll I'll go with both. And okay. depending on the headspace at that time, 
who you're with, what's going on, um, but both. Do you do you have one that you prefer more than others? Because we are all um, of Jamaican background. I always feel like you know there's this this mentality <laughs> of Jamaican women yes. that we like to pump rough up, and that Jamaican How women like Korean, and that we're like that, that we're aggressive. I think there's this natural assumption that Jamaican women are aggressive in bed. Yes, and some of them are. Um, I'm not one of them. Okay. Um, I feel like people just have this notion that we like to be stabbed and we like we meet to get stabbed out. <laughs> and that is so far from the truth. Um, I would say I prefer the making love aspect if I need to choose one. Um, but once again, that is just going to be based on who I'm with and what's happening at that moment. Um, you know, how I feel about the person. Um, but yeah. So if you, if you have, if you're, uh, if you have more, okay. Cause you said you, you prefer making love the majority of the time, but like what, mm-hmm. what, I know you said it depends on the person, but like, what is it, what would differentiate for you? Like, would it be based on that person being aggressive? And if that person was sexually aggressive all the time, because that's how he got down, mm-hmm. would you have conversation with him where you would, you know, like he would need to slow down at some point and create that's a balance it. for you? Definitely. There would need to be a conversation to say, hey, listen, it's not always about stabbing out anybody's meat. Um, <laughs> not a butcher shop. Stab out my meat, stab out my meat. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So if you, you know, if, if there's a pattern that this is all this person knows how to do, then yeah, there will need to be a conversation. We need to talk about it. Maybe we need to you know, look at stuff together, kind of teach, hey, you know, it doesn't always have to be about the roughness, maybe. And if the person is hard-headed and doesn't want to learn, then, um, you know, we we exit, we move on. Because um, I don't have time to waste like that. Okay, that's fair. Michelle, yeah. what are your thoughts on that? Are you more of a rough sex uh, type of person or are you more of a make love type of person? Okay, well... I'm definitely on a spectrum and right now I'm on definitely a bigger spectrum of exploration when it comes to this. I would say as I was growing into my sexuality in my, let's say, 20s and even into my 30s, I probably leaned more toward I'm a make love kind of person with moments of roughness. Um, yes. I, could, I, I didn't really... Um, I wouldn't really coin myself as like having multiple rough sessions like that would be what it is sort of from beginning to end. Um, But what I am exploring and realizing now into my 40s, and especially in this time in my life, is um, the spectrum that can happen within the same session. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. it's a bit of a sandwich. Um, Recently, as I've been dealing with different emotional levels of grief, I have found that my body responds more to rougher sex to oh. actually have me hit through a barrier to then experience more pleasure. And then in that pleasure zone, it could be a mixture of both. It could be a mixture of rough. It could be a mixture of soft. It could be rough the whole way. It could be soft the rest of the way. And it's almost like a sandwich. It's like rough sex, oh. making love, and then close the sandwich with some more rough sex. Or it could be the other way around, a little bit of softness with some roughness in the middle and then, you know, some softness to end. And sometimes it's just a straight rough session the whole way through. So I would agree um, with Cookie on definitely part of it has to do with, you know, who my partner is. Um, But if they're a good partner, they also have levels. So like Um. me, you know, in the world of like touch and therapy and whatnot, you got to read your partner. I feel like a good partner is a partner who can read what you need at the time that you need it and give that to you or work with you to create that. And right. you know, that, that's the kind of partner I'm with right now. Right. I'm, I'm with, I'm experiencing that now. Where you can have conversations, like even being able to articulate what you need, where they don't take offense to it and tell you that they're just going to give you what they want to give you, but that's they're right. hearing the entirety of the conversation and they're, they're um, opening themselves to what your actual needs are as well. 100%. And even in the moment in real time, as they change, because we don't mm. even say the same. What you might feel you want in the beginning, what you consent to to start off with could change very quickly while you're in motion. And it usually does. 
And, you know, some of the best partners are the ones that can read that nonverbal, also hear the verbal and take cues, you know, whether it's you physically showing them something to cue them in a different direction or you doing something different with your body or you changing positions, you know, whatever, or just asking for something different in the moment. So, yes, that's my like okay, layered so- sandwich response. <laughs> no, that's good. So question to both of you then. Mm-hmm. Do you think that... Um, only people who are in that space of being in love or loving a person can make love? Or is there like a generalization to the act of making love? Does that, does that make sense? Because like for me personally, yeah. I, I don't use the term making love because mm-hmm. I feel like I have to like really love the person or be in love to, to, to say that. So I'll use terms like I'll either say like we're fucking or we're having sex. Like having mm-hmm. sex to me is as close as I can get mentally and emotionally intimate with a person without mm-hmm. considering that like, am I in love with this person? But I know that there's a generalized way that people use the term making love. So for, like for both of you respectively, is there an emotional, a different emotional attachment to making love than just having sex? Yes. No. Oh, we got a yes and a no. Okay. Who said yes? Um, Michelle said yes. Okay. So Michelle, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to answer second. Cookie, why did you say no? Let me make sure I I I, I said no to the right thing. So you don't have to be in love to make love. To make love. I think the I think the term make love was just made up, I guess, to differentiate between fucking and softer sex okay um so why don't you I say don't... having sex then yeah just having or sex. does that still so, no um and i i don't have to be in love with you or feel a certain way about you to have softer sex with you you have some okay. men that do like the softer side of sex they're not about the roughing and the fucking and the stabbing out and the they do like yeah. to take their time and go slow and, you know, go through that whole, the, the, the motions of the kissing and the talking during and the stopping and the starting again and the foreplay and the whole, the whole aspect of it, of what is considered making love. Um, okay. I, I, I don't really use the term. It's only because you asked why, you know, I don't, I don't use the term because you don't have to be in love to make love. That's just how I look at it. Okay, that's fair. And Michelle, you said yes. Why did you say yes? So, so now I'm getting lost with what the original question was because I'm like, <laughs> okay. So making love, like, that. is there mm-hmm. does there have to be an aspect or a component of actually loving and being in love with the person to make love to them, or is that just a way of differentiating slower, more gentle, passionate sex versus like rough sex, where you would consider that just fucking? Okay. Or is it and, all making love? And I had said yes, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what I'm referring to is, you know, again, earlier days, I felt like, you know, I feel like I love you, you're my boo, I'm in love with you. So when we're having sex, we're really making love because we love each other. That's where Mm -hmm. my brain started in this world. Mm -hmm. And now where it is, is that, you know, I don't have to be in love with you to make love to you. It's really more about how I'm feeling inside. Am I bringing forth that level of vulnerability and tenderness? And it's more like the characteristics of what I define as making love as opposed to the, am I in love with you? Are you in love with me? I'm a loving person, very, very loving, nurturing type of person. So even in a scenario where it's rougher sex, you're probably still going to feel like I'm caring for you somehow because it's just something that's there. And so sometimes that can give that feeling of a, of a lovemaking session, even if there's roughness to it. Um, The, the disconnected emotionally disconnected is what I consider fucking. There's a physical Mm. act. There's a very physiological thing that's happening. There's friction happening. We're stimulating, you know, genitalia likely, but there is literally, it could be anyone. There's no connection. There's no yearning or feeling like it needs to be you. Um, You just need to have the right parts and I have to have the right parts and we can do this. That's sort of my extreme sort of where I I sit with the, the fucking. And then I feel like, just having sex is something that's like in between the making love and right. the fucking. 
So I almost have three in the spectrum where we were sort of talking mm-hmm. about like two. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Cookie, I want to ask you because you, you keep mentioning the Stab Up My Meat song and, and it, it's bringing to mind Lady Saw, mm-hmm. big up Mr. Marion Hall, who's no longer Lady Saw. But like you when you think Lady about... Saw. Don't let me have to fight you, please. We're we're not having that. We're not. (laughs) But okay. So most of the like dance hall, female dance hall artists, like let's take the male dance hall artists out of the equation because everything they sing about is their cocky. But most of female dance hall artists, when you're looking at like Lady Saw, like in particular, when she was Lady Saw, you know, the, the, the belief is that if a man is not stabbing out your meat, if he's not daggering your middle, if he's not putting pressure on you so that you can't walk when in done fuck you, that mm-hmm. he's not really doing anything. That there's right. this belief that if a man is, is you know, petting you and caressing you down and, you know, it's because his, his dick game is weak. Mm-hmm. What, are, what, are your, what is your, do you believe that? Do you like dispute no. that? I don't believe it only because I grew up in a Western world and not, I I love my people. Okay. Let's start with that. I love my people. (laughs) 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 I love my people. 100%. Yes. People need to understand that Jamaica is not a real place. That's the first part. And the music was, the music was a reflection or is a reflection of how people really are in this society in the mm. 70s, 80s, 90s, early 2000s. Now that everything has become so westernized, I mm. think people are more learning now that sex is not just draw for the Vaseline under the nightstand, under the trees, wow. about my meat. You know, mm. it, it's not that anymore. It's, it, it's never been that. But because of the music which i don't know if people pay attention to the fact that the music determines how people live in the society mm-hmm. it does 100 percent, it determines how people live and the things they do and mm-hmm. because this son that and you know oh, it, like it, it it the music is what has played a role but me i don't believe in music says i've learned differently um and sex is not just about stabbing, stabbing up your friends. Mm-hmm. There, there's a lot more to it. There's, you know, people don't even realize that you can just get an orgasm by somebody's voice without yes. them ever touching you. Mm-hmm. And yes. I, I think there's so many people in the society that still don't even know. You know, I'm talking about Jamaican society. So when I say this society, I mean the Jamaican society. Jamaicans still have a lot to learn, a lot, um, um, and they're still to this day going by my pum pum clean under the sheet and you know, <laughs> <laughs> above me under the sheet. Yes, like it. Yeah, it 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 is still what they look at as sex, and if him not beat it up, he's not doing something good. Um, you know, if, if he's, if he's slow and caressing you and taking his time, you know, oh, so with him cocky him cocky, probably not one with nothing. But then when he throws it on her and she realizes that he's just, I just soft boy, soft, but yes, him cocky nice. <laughs> him cocky nice, but him soft. Right. <laughs> You know, and, and that's what they associate, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Cookie, when you're saying about basically art imitating life, imitating art, I think that's mm-hmm. so true that often music, what we hear, movies, books, articles, they end up putting the ideas in our head and then we start basically manifesting that which mm-hmm. we've been told. And stereotypes, like there's just so many stereotypes, especially that have been placed on the black male, the black male sexuality, but definitely mm-hmm. the black male Jamaican male, you know, identity that now, you know, in conversation, I'm really realizing is being stripped away. Many Jamaican men are so much more open. They are wanting to understand and learn. They're also like sharing more like what they really desire. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how true this statement I'm about to make make is. I have been reading a lot of little 
notes about it recently that even Jamaican men, I mean, I know it's a thing in the Western world, but Jamaican men are getting into ass eaten. Um, mm-hmm. oh. that they're requesting now more than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, because so they're branching out in their exploration of pleasure. Yeah, I guess yeah. they're realizing that that's how, like, when they get an orgasm from that, it's huge. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's a release that as if they've never released before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, this is just how true it is. Um, mm-hmm. If after your listeners want to chime in, you know, and, and say, no, I'm not sure. Tell me I can't manage that never with Bondat. You know? If they say bonnet, then hey, the, the, you know, then fine, it's the men speaking. But I'm hearing that they're requesting it now more than ever. You know, well, who doesn't want yeah. pleasure? At the end of the day, I think that's why things have changed in terms of mindset. Because if it's just about stabbing up meat, well, first yeah. of all, not everyone's meat is the same on both sides. So right. how can the same action produce the same effect in every body? with all the different bodies that exist. Everyone's body is so different. So if we're just about trying to reach pleasure, which is always what's top of my mind, it's about exploring that person's specific body, touch, Mm -hmm. pressure, smells, sound. It's all the senses. And if you're, so for that reason, I, you know, don't agree with the statement, you know, if a man isn't stabbing it out or killing your pom pom, you can't walk the next day, you're broken, you're, 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 you're dash way, you're, you're done, then mm-hmm. you haven't been fucked. No, not necessarily. What but I think historically mean? what, sorry, mm-hmm. I think historically no. what men have been taught is that if they're not aggressive in bed, mm-hmm. then they're not doing anything and the woman is That's not going right. to want them and the woman is not going to stay. That's you know, right. when we think of uh, generations and generations where this is what you're told, you know what I mean? Like women, women don't like this. So th- this is men who have been taught this by men who've been yeah. taught this by women for generations yeah. where, you know, for a woman, it's like you're being told that if, if he's not digging out your middle and you're not in pain by the end of it, he didn't do anything for you. And that's not good sex. Consequently right. for men, if you're not stabbing out her middle and she's not bawling for mercy and begging you to stop then you're not really going in with nothing like you're not doing anything if your neighbors can't hear you if the neighbors don't know your name you know what i mean nothing's going in for you but i think with these this this new generation and with the um with with more exposure to you know as much as people demonize social media but with more exposure exposure to social media on a whole People are finding. There am I. I think. Sorry. Yeah, we're back. I don't know what happened. Oh. It's okay. Yeah, I'm gonna have to put a disclaimer on this because, um, you know, where I'm recording from, unfortunately, there have been some technical issues. So, if there are glitches, I do apologize in advance. We're gonna keep recording. But yeah, I think that people are are finding uh, different communities where they're they're more exposed to. Um, <laughs> Uh-huh. Like just sex and the idea of sex and, and what sex can be and that it doesn't have to be rough and aggressive for it to be good. Yes. 100%. I think taking sex out of a box is what's happening now. Um, mm. in, in, in our society, everything is taboo. And, you know, if, if it's not just typical uh, man lay on top of woman and stab out our meat, then it's not, it, it's not sex. And it's something is wrong with you if you like this or if you like that. Um, and now given social media, uh, I think social media ha- plays a big role in this. Um, people are exploring. They're coming out of that yes. box. They're stepping out of the box and they're beginning to explore different aspects of pleasure and different ways in which they can be pleasured, um, you know, instead of just, oh, Matthew use my big long cocky and tabo with our meat. They're realizing there's more to it than that. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Michelle, you had mentioned something earlier when we were talking about, um, you know, like from kissing and, and like the whole intimate thing. So I'll, I'll start off by saying for me personally, um, like I have to really like you to kiss you or I have to be really feeling your vibe to kiss you. And even if I'm in a relationship with you, I don't want to kiss you all the time. 
Yeah. Because I don't know. I feel like kissing is something that's super intimate and, and super passionate. And I could, I'd sooner suck your dick than kiss you in, in a lot of cases. But that's just mm-hmm. me personally. So for the two yeah. of you, I know that Michelle, you had mentioned like, you know, kissing was part of the experience. It, it's explorative. It, it opens up a different level of intimacy. So Cookie, this question is not just relegated to Michelle. It's for mm-hmm. you as well. But mm-hmm. just your thoughts on um, that intimate exchange is kissing something more intimate than the intimate act itself is can kissing be something that's the entirety of an intimate act or is it just a regular normal part of what you do when you're having sex with somebody okay so no it is not just a regular part of something that i do if i'm having um sex with someone i've definitely if i'm in more of that making love mode there's I think as soon as I'm feeling like I want to kiss you in that exchange, um, I'm definitely on that spectrum. And mm-hmm. um, I agree that kissing is super intimate. And I would say, like, I might feel more comfortable having you enter me, like, you know, vaginally and maybe not want to kiss you. Right. And again, like, that's interesting, right? Because we're both talking about openings and like being in, in, inside someone, but kissing is truly kind of like that most intimate thing. Um, I typically, you know, if I don't want to kiss you for, and it's not anything to do with like, there's something wrong with your mouth, because there's something wrong with your mouth, I probably don't want to be anywhere near you. But um, <laughs> if, if it's just like, a, you know, there's, your mouth is perfectly fine, your face is beautiful, like you smell good, there's nothing that's a turn off. But I just don't feel like I want to kiss you. There's some part of me that I feel like I need to hold back. That's mm. what that is for me. And um, I do think that <laughs> if you are in a place where when I'm in a place where I want to kiss, like really kiss, kissing could be a thing onto its own thing. Like I could orgasm from good, long kissing with someone who can kiss well and can caress well, you know, that for me can do it on its own. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Kissing is a major thing for me. Really? And what AJ said, if I'd rather suck your dick than mm-hmm. kiss you if you're not a good kisser. Like right. seriously, mm-hmm. if you're not, like if you're a great kisser and the sex is good, I could kiss you from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from beginning to end. Yeah, we're 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 there. Um, but it's not a make or break. Like if you're not a great kisser, but the sex is good, I just won't be kissing you throughout. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I, and what Michelle said, if your mouth isn't all that, then you know we're not even going to go there. You, you won't be anywhere <laughs> in my body if there are some problems with your mouth. Um, yeah, yeah. But if if you're if if the kissing, like if you know if if to me in my mind, I think your kissing is great, then we're kissing from beginning to end. If your kissing is not, then no, I'll avoid it. Okay, so... But it's not make or break. Like, it doesn't have to be a part of, you know, our entire session. So what if what if your interactions with somebody, like, this is somebody that you're, like, casual with or, you know, somebody that you, you, you've met and you've decided that, you know what, like, yeah, I, I want to I wanna have sex with this person, but mm-hmm. I don't necessarily want to kiss them. But this person wants to kiss you. And for that person, kissing you means, like, a deeper intimacy where now you're, like, you're my woman. Mm-hmm. is this a is this like do you do you have conversations with people about what is intimately appropriate for them prior to intimacy or do you just kind of go with the feeling and then kind of deal with the fallout afterwards if there is if some because I know like for some people like you're saying like kissing is a very a very serious deal to them and if they're like well I don't kiss anybody and then they kiss you like all of a sudden mm-hmm. now you're somebody's girlfriend unknowingly <laughs> Yeah, exactly. you're engaged and everything. Right. You're, no, like real talk. Because I've been in a situation where I've said to the person, you know? yeah, like I've said to the person, I'm not big on I'm not big on kissing, but the way that they made me feel and everything that was going on, like he went down on me and his mouth was just fabulous. I was like, oh, God damn, I gotta kiss you. So I was like, come here, like I want to kiss you. And he's like, Oh, but you said you don't kiss people. You know, what is what does this mean? And I, in my mm-hmm. mind, I'm like, I know you're not really serious right now. Like you're about to ruin this moment because I asked you to kiss <laughs> me and now you're in your head about some shit. So it's like, 
do you have those precursor conversations with people? And then do you kind of like have an expectation in your mind that something may switch up and what that could possibly mean? Or do you just go with the feeling? Okay, I'm going to answer this one first because for me, you know, long-term relationship, marriage of 21 years, in that time, the kissing game has gone on a roller coaster. It has mm-hmm. gone up and down and changed. One of the things that just physiologically made me turn off kissing for a bit from my husband was when I was pregnant, like during pregnancies, I just didn't yes. want, like the mouth thing was just weird taste, things tasted different, you mm-hmm. know, like, so there was that. But then I found that after those pregnancies were done, there was like periods of time where now there's no pregnancy and I'm still like kissing had been removed. And he would be yeah. like, um, I really want to kiss you again. Like, can we kiss? That's how we started. Like our first kisses were the thing that got us hooked on each other before we did anything else. So then there was like this gradually bringing it back. And then obviously as relationships go through turbulence, there would be times where I don't want to kiss. I don't want you that close. I'm upset. I'm closed off. So, you know, there have been many conversations in that relationship that I've had. Um, outside of that relationship, those conversations have happened on a much lesser kind of level where, you know, somebody might notice like, you just don't, you just don't seem like you want to kiss anymore. And it's like, "Mm, yeah, I don't, (laughs) I don't. And, and just feeling like I can just own that. I can just own my square on that. Like, as you said, you want to kiss that person one time, but you don't want another time and that's okay. Let me dig deeper for a second. So, okay. So in, in the, in those moments where you, you're saying to yourself like, no, I don't want to kiss you, but that's what the person has always been used to. Mm-hmm. Does that change the scope of sexual intimacy because you no longer want to kiss them, but they still want to kiss you? Like, can you still have sex with them without it being an issue or is everything off the table now because you don't feel a one particular way that you used to? Right. Well, I've never had it all snatched off the table on me, but I don't okay. know that the other person didn't feel like less then mm. I definitely saw the impact there was an impact in me saying you know I just this is just where I'm at right now like don't take it personally it's just where I am personally at right now it doesn't mean it will never come back it's just where I'm at right now okay. you know, this is the level um so I have seen that there's an impact and it, it was never like a deal breaker, like everything's off the table. And I felt safer in that space. And then often it returns a lot sooner when I'm given that space. But if there's the pressure, then it's just like, mm, no. Like if you keep forcing your lips toward me, like, no. no. You're going to get punched in the throat. Yeah. yeah like, no. I uh, could you about for you? Hmm? No, saying for you, does that does that change the scope? Like if the person is, if the person wants to kiss you, but you're not like there with them, but you want to do other mm-hmm. intimate things, does it derail it altogether? Or are you able to negotiate your way through? I've never really had an issue um, with, you know, them wanting to kiss, me not being interested. Um, I think I tend to have conversations ahead of time, like, okay, we're just fucking, don't expect anything. Um, and they just don't expect anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm serious. I, I, I'm dead ass. We're just fucking, you know, it, it's not that serious. Um, so if I don't kiss you, then don't take it personal. Um, okay. and I've never, yeah, I've never really had an issue where, you know, anything was like a deal breaker or, you know, I like kissing. So, you know, why? There's, I've never had any of those issues before. Okay, fair enough. Uh, yeah. So the next question, I will start off by saying, so I, I've been asked this, sorry, Michelle? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, Can sorry, no, I thought, it's, I, yeah, wanted, somebody wanted to say something, sorry. So I've been asked this question. My, my answer to this question was, so the question is, what is one of the best and worst feelings being in a relationship? Um, and I was asked this question, I thought I would put it to, to the ladies for like a different perspective. So for me, it was, the best feeling was being like entirely loved by a person but it was also the worst feeling because I couldn't reciprocate to the level that they loved me like they always Mm -hmm. wanted to show affection they always wanted to be like on me beside me near me around me and anybody Mm -hmm. who knows me like I can't be around somebody 24 hours a day every day like 365 days a year because you'll probably end up dead and I'll be in an orange jumpsuit so (laughs) 
the, the feeling of totally <laughs> being loved. Girl, could you tell them, please? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know what? I would change. I would cut that bitch up and make it into something sexy and stylish. But um, <laughs> it's a great feeling being loved by somebody in, in its entirety. But it's also a very overwhelming feeling for me. And it's also one of the worst feelings because I don't know how to reciprocate that. So that was that was my answer. So for the two of you, respectively, what is one of the best and worst feelings for you of being in a relationship? For me, um, the companionship is the best feeling. Just having someone to share your day with or, you know, you, you wake up with a dream and you want to share it, having someone for that. Um, the worst feeling is that responsibility of being in a relationship. It's mm. like... I can't be free and gallivant as much as I want to because I'm in a relationship. Um, so then there's that, that that responsibility of I got to think for not only myself, but someone else because it's two of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and when two, two become one, that responsibility of, oh, I can't just get up and do this now because me alone making that decision. Like I can't just make a decision for somebody else. We've got to discuss this before I do it. And, um, you know, there could be repercussions if I do just do it on my own, you know, mm-hmm. that or, you know, so it's, it's the responsibility of being responsible for somebody else, especially if they depend on you for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the best part would be the, the companionship, um, you know, after a long day of, you know, maybe working or whatever, there's that person to go cuddle up under and, you know, because I am that touchy-feely kind of person. Hmm. Okay. All right. All right. I guess I'm up next. (laughs) Let's go. Sorry? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I thought I kind of didn't hear you. So the best thing about being in a relationship for me has been the history that's been created um, especially, I'm, I have been a very long-term relationship type of person. There's been multiple mm-hmm. long-term, serial long-term relationships for the most part. And um, like when I think to my longest term, it's like this history. There's so many inside jokes. There's so many, I don't need to say the words because you know exactly what I'm thinking because we've been on this journey for so long and there's just certain things that no one else can understand. There's a there's that almost like a secret society and there's all this history. And then the worst thing about being in a relationship is the fucking history. Because <laughs> inside that history, yes, while there's beautiful moments, there's like amazing things. Like again, especially when you think about long-term marriage, like there's so many milestones, there's so many first things, there's so many and it can take up so much of your life. And inside that real history are the shitty things, the hard mm-hmm. things, the things that if you are staying together, it's very difficult because it is a part of the fabric of your relationship. So it's like the best thing is also the worst thing, is also yeah. the best thing. Um, and then just added to that is things like, you know, in the best things, some of the security that you might feel. I know that I've definitely felt in the the relationship or in companionship, but like the, the, the flip side of that in the worst is like the possessiveness that can be there, you know, because mm-hmm. once you feel security that equates to safety and who wants to give up their safety. So then often there's a reaction to be possessive because you just want to be able to control your peace. And if you feel like part of your peace is the safety of that other person, the possessiveness can rear its ugly head. So that is one of my worst things about being in a relationship. That was deep uh, for both of you that I appreciate that. Those, those are very, um, very heartfelt for me. Um, Cause sometimes, you know, like I, I sometimes think that the way that I think and feel about relationships and, and um, love and that connectedness is maybe, Ske- uh, skewed just like mm-hmm. by my own history and by 
you know, like watching your your parents and your grandparents and your aunts and uncles and the way that relationships unfold and the fact that people never talk about these kind of things, you know, and they just sometimes make it seem like, oh, the only thing that's important is um, being in a long-term relationship with somebody and that's all that matters. Like, you don't, you're not supposed to be unhappy. Like you have somebody, you're just supposed to be always happy about that. And the truth of the matter is, is the, the same love that sustains you is sometimes the same love that's killing you inside slowly. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do either of you have sexual pet peeves? Like, I know for me, a sexual, my, my biggest sexual pet peeve is if, 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 like, the first time you ask me, did you come? And maybe, like, it's our first time ever having sex, I'll answer mm-hmm. you. But if we've had sex repeatedly for a year and you're still asking me, did I come? Don't need to, yeah, then there, we need to stop yeah. having <laughs> We need to stop having like, Did you not feel... Yeah, did you not feel my pom-pom gushing juice all over you? Like, what? Yeah, I did, but I just wanted... Okay, well, I can't I can't stroke your ego and stroke your insecurities yeah. about what you... Like, yeah. you hear me yeah. bawling, screaming, moaning, asking for more, gripping your back, digging my nails in in the whole night, and you're still going to ask me if I came? Breda. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. so, do either of you have sexual pet peeves? That was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of them. I feel how like do you deal with that at that point. Besides, I, I just go into like, facey mode. How do you yeah, deal with it? Yeah, I feel like exactly. I feel like you're not being observant at that point. Like mm-hmm. we've been fucking for a while now. Why do you need to ask me if I came? Like that. That to me, you've just pushed me into a yo. Just come off of me. Um, <laughs> right, and then the for mode. them to say, well. But, you know, I, I mean, I felt it, but I just wasn't sure. What are you unsure of? Then I don't know what you need to be like. Just, yeah, that that that's where I, I just kind of turn my back and be like, okay, I'm, I'm going to take a nap. Um, <laughs> because I feel like, no, if you've been having sex with someone for a while, you should take the time to learn. So you're learning their bodies and you're learning everything about them. And then after quite a few, se- like, you know, after a few sessions, you should know that, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. my car come. Mm-hmm. But to ask to be asked, did you, did you come? Um, no, you want to go again? You can't go again? <laughs> do, you, do you think that's an insecurity on their part or they just want their yeah. ego stroked? Is it a combination of, or, or are they just totally oblivious? I think, I, I think, think it's a, it's a combination of all three. It depends on that individual. Like, yeah, it, it it's could a be that they really aren't three. aware of what moisture feels like and tightening feels like and sound sounds like. Because I'm AJ, I don't know, but I'm guessing you're probably not a very quiet no, guy. I'm not quiet. I've never so, been yeah, quiet. She's so, so she's so not. Quiet. So I'm not really sure. I'm not. Even if they didn't feel it physically somehow, if they could. Mitch, I'm wetting it. up your middle. Like literally, <laughs> there is like wetness all over yeah, from your navel yeah. to your knee, your knee top. So yeah, I'm just like I don't I can't believe that a person who's with you wouldn't know from that level. So to me I'm leaning towards like the insecurity and or just really wanting to hear you stroke that ego. That's what I'm hearing. Hmm. But I have I have my own pet peeve that's different what, which is Okay, what are yours? Um lack of communication. Like I'm a communicator down to the T in all ways. And it doesn't always have to be verbal, but I need to know that we are having a call and answer like during, during sex. And um, I do like to hear words at times to know what is actually happening, especially if it's a new experience. Like mm-hmm. I need to know because there's a part of that communication. And and this would be like, even if there was no sex involved, I want to know that I can be at ease with you. The only way I'm going to know is if we're having conversation and you're participating fully in that conversation and I can read you and you can read me, then I know if we're cool. So now if we're in a sexual situation, I still need that to be ongoing. Now you cannot be silent. You cannot be just, you know, I don't know what what you're enjoying you're not checking in to see what i'm enjoying there needs to be that back and forth so you said that nonverbal communication so i mean we obviously understand what the verbal like the verbal things are and it could be like any number of things but what's a what's a nonverbal uh form of communication for you that would let you know that that person is there with you and experiencing they're experiencing mm-hmm. what you're experiencing like is is like for me like I just I want to hear the words like talk to me from time to time it doesn't have to be like a consistent all the way through some men some men with their voices it's like yeah you can talk to me all you'd like because your voice is fabulous (laughs) you know what I mean and it it, it just pushes me over the edge but if the person is a non-verbal communicator what's what is a what is a non-verbal what is a non-verbal cue that would work for you non-verbal would be breathing 
Like if I hear your breath quickening, I know that you're enjoying mm-hmm. yourself. If I feel, you know, let's say you have, you're behind me and I feel the way you're gripsing me, you know, you know, on that top Mm -hmm. piece of me and it's Mm -hmm. like, you're drawing me in closer or you're you're like, all of a sudden you can feel like, it's so funny. I'm doing my fingers right now. Like you can see it (laughs) non-verbally and you can, Um, but it's like, you know, you're, you're pulling me in closer. You're, it's all in your waistline. You know what I yes. mean? I can tell, like, are you just there anxious in your head, nervous? I can feel that. I can feel if you're mm. in your head completely versus you were in your head when you started and then you were like, okay, she's giving me some nonverbal cues, looking back at me, you know, the eyes, the smile, the, the grunt, the moan, all of those things. Yes. And then the body movements. So it doesn't have to be a big diatribe. I am not saying give me a dissertation and break down what sex means to you and how it rocks your world. Because that, that's just going to be, a, you know, a, a little annoying. And annoying. <laughs> it's like, it's just about staying in, con- in contact, like staying connected. So you're not just having your own experience in my pussy. And I'm having yes. my own experience over here because I, I definitely need that collaboration for me to get there, for me to have a full experience. Okay, I like that. I don't um, like silence. At all? Pet peeve. Silence and... What if the person's just breathing and you can hear them breathing intensely? Like that. Like what you just did. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> like are they even holding their breath? Are they like really stifling at all? Or like if... I don't know. Even the breathing to me I think is still silence. I want to hear... Yeah the moan and the grunt and if I don't hear it 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 discourages me um, oh. yeah it actually does it discourages me when I don't hear it um, and so I the guess. silence is my big like that's the biggest one for me the silence um, if I just know that generally that's who you are and there's no changing it like you're holding on to that sound on purpose then fine. I just know that that's who you are. I've grown into it. But if you just don't have any kind of expression, just silent. Uh, no, we're not. We're not. That's yeah. That's not happening. Why do you think that is for uh for men? Because like I mean, you decidedly have you know like mm-hmm. the ones who are shit talkers and they they know they 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 back their chat, and mm-hmm. then you have others who just want to show you through their skill, but they don't necessarily want to make noise one way or the other. You wouldn't mm-hmm. even know that they they came because it's just quiet. And yeah, then they're like, not, I'm not you know, all the but right, all of a sudden they just stop and you know that it's it's done now. <laughs> but yeah. do you like do you? hypothesize for me a reason mm-hmm. why you think that a lot of men are just silent during sex do you think it's just how they were trained do you think that they were told that only women are supposed to make noise like it shows a sign of weakness like why do you think it is that a lot of men don't make noise when they're having I sex for some of them it's a it's a punishment thing to you knowing that you don't okay. like the silence i think some of them are punishing you um I think others are just holding on to like their their themselves. They don't want to release that part of them to you. Right. right? Because maybe they feel like it gives you some kind of power over them. Mm. Um, so they hold on to every ounce of themselves, whether it's a drop of sweat, whether it's a, a breath, whether it is an actual grunt or groan, they're gonna hold on to that because holding on to it means that you don't get all of them mm-hmm. and i know there See, are women I, that do it too there are women yes. that hold on to themselves as well because they don't want to relinquish all of their power to you because once they do that they just feel like that you know you've you, you've got their weakness and i'm that asshole that i would let you know oh so you're grunted Oh, I heard that groan. <laughs> I heard and that. I would, yeah, like I would go in and be like, oh, you, you thought you were the motherfucker that was going to hold that shit from me, right? The pull- I took it. No, I, I took it. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to add to that, though. Another, another thing that I have, you know, experienced and also discussed with people in the world of sex education has been the connection to shame. Like sex yes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people are silent, even like they would want to free up themselves, but there's this part of them that's like, this is wrong. Maybe if it's, you know, they believe they should only be having sex if they're married, let's say, for right. example. Mm-hmm. 
and then they're having sex with and they're not married to this person they feel um you know there's some shame around this or if they have a history of abuse you know in their past that when they feel too much pleasure there's almost like a shutting off or somewhat of like a needing to control it or minimize it so i have definitely had those conversations and seen like evidence of that in people Mm. yeah i think that that's a really important one i didn't uh yeah, I didn't consider that before. But I, I mean, I guess it's sort of like, you know, the way that we're raised, and, and I've said this kind of like culturally on a whole, it's like, there's this weird, uh, there's this weird gully between um, being sexualized and then being villainized for it. So it's like, like, take Carnival, for example, you know what I mean? You have Carnival, you know, throughout m- much of the West Indies, and, and even here now, where people are dressed pretty much naked, Right. And we're jumping up and we're winding up and we're celebrating and we're fetching and teething a wine here and teething a wine. And sometimes when you see the wine and the whining look festive, but like, you know, if you <laughs> slip a little bit of piece of the cloth to the side a little bit more, things could yeah. be going right? Right. And, 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 and nobody, you don't get reprimanded for that. But then when you want to be intimate or with somebody, you know what I mean? You're walking, holding hands with a boy. Hey, why are you hands with a boy? If you go study your book and, you know what I mean? So it's like, mm-hmm. right. So there's this weird, there's this weird, um, like I said, there's this weird void between, you know, some things being sexually okay and out there and then other things are considered taboo coupled with the fact that, you know, on this island alone, we have more churches uh, per capita than any other island, right? Mm-hmm. When you look at the ratio yeah. of the numbers of people versus the number of churches that we have on the island, we have far more churches per the number of people on the island than anywhere else in the world, apparently. Um, yeah. So it's like, you know, on one hand, you'll go to a dance hall on a Saturday night, laggering, jumping up, and then leave Sunday morning at seven o'clock from the dance to go to church for nine, 10 o'clock, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I sometimes think, yeah, like, you know, within, like, it's exactly like Michelle said, within that, it, within that body of um, intimacy, there's a lot of shame mm-hmm. laden on top of that. Um, mm-hmm. And I think one of the good things, like I said earlier about social media being more present on the island now, or just being more present in the West Indies, is like people are having an opportunity to explore in ways that they haven't before with mm-hmm. some, with, without some of that shame being there. Yeah. You are very okay. right. <laughs> um, before we go, my final question to the two of you, um, as as women who are are and have been in long term relationships of one form or another, um, what advice could you give to somebody for helping them to maintain their autonomy? while being in a relationship and not completely losing themselves. So I'll preface it by saying you have some people when they're in relationships, they feel like their person should be their only friend. Their person should be their best friend. Their person should be their everything. They're not going anywhere or doing anything unless they're doing it with their person or their person is involved. They become completely wrapped up in the relationship and they become, they become one. And not that the union uh, you know, of one is, is a bad thing, but people oftentimes lose their autonomy in relationships because they either don't know how to maintain their mm-hmm. own autonomy or there's this sense that if you maintain your individualism in a relationship it's wrong so right, right. from both of you respectively advice mm-hmm. on how to maintain your autonomy in a healthy way while you're in a relationship back to that good old communication piece um i i speak on this because it's like an ongoing current developing thing this like autonomy especially in long-term relationships over a couple decades where what made you feel autonomous 20 years ago has changed over time Mm -hmm. so then you know your partner might be in a state of like okay but I thought we had this on lock like I thought you know everything was good and and you feel full and I feel full and we're good but when you are ever changing as you should as individuals that autonomy measure changes so the key to it is actually the transparency about it which isn't always easy but it's necessary you're like i can't i can't exercise my autonomy if i can't speak about my autonomy to my partner in in the relationship because then really i'm sort of like trying to find it but i'm hiding it and then it's not full it doesn't feel free because for me autonomy is freedom yes and i need to feel free to be me 
But if I'm kind of a half of me or a sliver of me with you, but then I'm more of myself outside of you, then I'm, I'm not really, it's, it's not healthy and it's not within the relationship. So my biggest advice is to name it first for yourself and then name it with your partner. And if you have difficulty with doing that, maybe you don't feel safe to do that. You don't feel secure to do that. Get a third party support, like talk to a therapist. I'm very big on finding the right therapist and talking to a therapist or talk to a very trusted friend who you feel has that emotional intelligence um, and then proceed with the conversation with the person who needs to hear it most. I love that. Cookie, what are your thoughts? What advice would you give to someone who's trying to maintain their autonomy while being in a relationship? Um, as you had said, people tend to feel like in a relationship it's just the two become one and they forget about everything else they forget about who they were prior to the relationship and when I say who they were I don't mean if you were a whore in person you decide to just settle down with one person <laughs> if you were someone that required going to brunch with your friends or having girls nights or traveling and you know just that's how you found your peace and that's how you kind of kept yourself going um, not to continue completely how you were before to maintain some of those things. So if it's girls nights, you still do it every once in a while. You try to hold on to some of those things, you know, conversations with your friends, traveling, things like that. Um, for me, leaving and coming back, you know, I, mm -hmm. I, I, I take my trips, I go where I need to go. I get my time to my you know, I relax and I go back home and I start all over again or not all over again, but I'm able to give myself some space, give myself a breather. Because some people feel like when you're in a relationship, you don't need space. Who mm. needs space? Why do you need space? Then, then if you need space, why are you in a relationship? Mm. Like you're supposed to be up ah. under that person is supposed to be up under you 24 7 and that is not cool and how ridiculous still, that statement yeah that too, person because... still so the man needs to still maintain something right so if he used to go hang out with his boys i'm not saying you go do it every day but you still maybe once on the weekend or once every two weeks or something go hang out with your boys mm-hmm Go and shoot the shit with people and, you know, talk to people and have conversations outside of your other half mm -hmm. and then come back, you know? Mm -hmm. And when you come back, those that time away, allow me to miss you. Yes. You know, allow me to mm -hmm. feel like, you know, to leave and see you and that smile when you come in. Like, I've been questioning lately how people, how two people who work from home are in each other's oh, space boy, every yeah. single day. Yeah. I would probably kill you and go to prison. <laughs> I couldn't and come sit beside me in your orange jumpsuit. I will match <laughs> one up for you. you too. Don't worry. You know what I'm saying? You. you know, I like pockets. <laughs> so I'm just got pockets. I'm good to go. <laughs> yeah. But it, how do the two, like you're constantly in this person's face morning, noon, and night. You go to bed together. You wake up together. You work together all day. When do you miss that person? Yeah. When yeah. And you think about other important relationships in your yeah. life, like your family, your, your friends, friends, your, your colleagues. You do exactly. require space from anybody, even the people exactly. you love deeply. So why would it be different in you know, like this love relationship or whatever it is? Why would it be nice. different? It's nice when that person goes out and comes back and there's that smile on their face or there's that smile on your face. It's like, mm -hmm. hey, how was your day? It's nice to have stories to come. If both of us are together all the time, I ain't got no stories for you. That's right. <laughs> I don't have no stories for no you. No experiences And you share. won't have any for, yeah, you won't have any for me. There's no experiences. There's no, this happened in traffic or that there's happened no today. Teaching and learning. Yeah, there's nothing, like, nothing at all. Like neither of us are, you know, there's no space. So maintaining the relationships you had that were good for you, you. So maintaining some of those things that were good to keep your sanity, maintaining that sanity is important um, to not end up in a five to 10 or a tented life. Mm 
in a jumpsuit, <laughs> you know. But yeah, maintaining you, you know, if it's if it's just a little bit of self care to leave the house, go sit and get a pedicure, go do something, go to the library and you know, or go wander around somewhere. But take yourself out of the situation sometimes. Take yeah. yourself out of the relationship sometimes and then go back to it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, outside of that, I mean, I won't really reveal how I maintain because that's a whole different <laughs> podcast. Yes, yes, yes. End there, end there, end uh, there, end scene, end scene. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. I can't, I, I can fight for you, but I can't fight for you. Some, you yeah, just let, yeah. leave some things were right where they are. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's that. Okay. Well, uh, Cookie, Michelle, I appreciate both of you as always um, for being so candid in your responses and for sharing the pieces of yourselves that you have with myself and with my listeners. Um, Because I know it's not always an easy thing to do, but I I appreciate that you both always speak your truth and you speak from a a place of standing in your square, as Cookie likes to say. You have a square, stand in your square. Whatever that is, stand on it and and maintain your square. (laughs) Not to cut you, I, I, I stole that from michelle actually oh um, from michelle all right michelle, michelle and cookie from somebody else so yes i was blessed with that and i shared it with cookie and cookie yes. i'm so happy that you are saying it because it is true for all of us and it was really you need to own your square yeah yes own your stand yeah. in it own mm-hmm. it appreciate it mm-hmm. and love it love you love you love and yourself yourself. Yes. yes um yes. today the square that you're standing in is all you have yeah true right very very true own it own that square well cookie i know you're not giving out your personal information but michelle will ask you once again just to let everyone know who you are where they can get in contact with you if anyone's interested in doing any sort of sessions or uh training with you or just even having a conversation with you love it so on instagram the perinatal pleasure coach and michelle francis smith you will find me on instagram and just please reach out Okay, perfect. And of course, I will make sure to put your links in the write-up so that you're just one click away and people can easily accessibly get to you. Cookie, if you change your mind and you want people to contact you, you let me know, I'm yeah? I'm going to need, need for contact me. I'm going to need to contact me. Tell, tell them to just enjoy your voice and enjoy just the words en- of wisdom. Yeah, just enjoy the voice. I mean, yeah, just enjoy the voice. <laughs> <laughs> and the Watch laughter you bless and the up yourself. bless up yourselves this has been the pum pum chronicles podcast as uh, always i appreciate you guys for tuning and listening um you know sharing the podcast as you will appreciative of my great guests these ladies are fantastic phenomenal dynamic you can't follow cookie but you can definitely follow michelle um and we will be having more conversations like this in the meantime and in between time please make sure you continue to practice your self-love and your self self square your self-care while standing in your square square. and owning the space (laughs) yeah and owning the space that you occupy. Peace and blessings. We'll talk to you soon. Worldwide, you see, find a good fucker man. You no big up, you no good. Come, me catch they are weird for you, man. I have the ear, me want one out. Link. Watch this, the man. Stop on me, meet a man. Watch this. Me hear you can grind good and you can fuck sweet. Stop on me, meet. Stop on me, meet the big good way. You have a man yellow to straight. Stop on me, meet. Watch you old time girl them see don't buy your beans. Say the fuck where you give them bring joy. You want feel it too, so just grind in the same. Me no care how you do it, just be with me. If me get with me, no go mention your name. Just the fuck alone and then me gamble me ways. Because you can grind good and you can fuck sweet. Stop about me meat. Stop about me meat. The big food where you have a mad girl out to stress. Stop about me meat. Watch me have me sit down and do baby watch this. Let me tell you say. You have me sit down a long time me yourself. Now give me no fuck and gonna girl yeah. But you sit in like me want it stiffer. Ah, me no care how you do it. Just tear up me dress. Who up me push it? Them I said watch that boat. Fear this and me want it stiff and hard. Because you can grind good and you can fuck sweet. Stop about me meat. Stop about me meat. The big food where you have a mad girl out to stress. Stop about me meat. But you see the careless boy them a beg fuck and want some. But we tell them say.
no soak. Ladies and I soak, no soak, soak. Me no care if you fuck me and put on the blood. Just the fuck alone, it will suit me enough. Cause I'll do funny things if you want me to. But I won't soak it when me say the fur burger thing. Me no inner, you hear me? Watch this. Was me anyway? Fuck me on the floor. But me not go near me. That's why me tell the article. Fuck a boy, them say. Watch this. Me hear you can grind good and you can fuck sweet. Talk about me meat. Talk about me meat. The big food where you have a mad girl out the street. Talk about me meat. Watch ya. You old time girl, them see don't cry. You need to say the fuck where you give them bring down. You want to feel it because you just grind me. See, me no care how you do it. Just deal with me. If me get greedy, me no go mention you. Just the fuck alone and then they gamble me ways. Because you can grind good and you can fuck sweet. Talk about me meat. Just the fuck alone, it will suit me enough. 